Coming up next on The Jeff Crilly Show, we're going to talk about great company culture with the author of this book, Wrong Fit, Right Fit. That's just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started is slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team and the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. Well, as many of you know, I love my company. I love the company culture. I like to call it a thank God it's Monday company because the team actually really looks forward to getting together on Monday through Friday because this is their work family. And not every company is like that. And so to help improve your company, if you happen to run a company or are in a C-suite position, Dr. Andre Martin, he is the author of Wrong Fit, Right Fit. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for letting me be here today, Jeff. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Well, I want everybody to know your background because you've worked with some very large companies. Yes, I have. So I've spent 25 years. Really, in, you know, my cause has always been how to make good companies feel small. Another way to think about it is how to help ground talent grow as fast as their company. And so I've been the chief learning officer, chief talent officer at renowned brands like Google, Nike, Target, Mars Incorporated, wow. and I'm an organizational psychologist by training, so this is just the thing that I love to think about and talk about. Sure. Well, I know there are stages in the life of a company where, you know, maybe it was working when it was just 10 to 15 employees, but then it hit another number and all of a sudden the culture changes. But you and I were talking before the show that uh, there are some great companies that have tens of thousands of employees there are. and the culture is just vibrant. What's one of your favorite companies? One of the favorite companies I have is actually a place I had the pleasure of working. It's Mars Incorporated. And so Mars Incorporated, you may know them as the candy, chocolate, dog food company. Mm -hmm. What's really interesting is they've gone from a tiny company to 150,000 people, maybe more now, and they're primarily a pet services company. And what is really interesting about the company is it's founded on these principles of the family health. Things like mutuality, responsibility, freedom, and they embedded those principles in every single associate at the company. Mm. And the thing that they did as they grew was they answered the question of what could happen if we stopped talking about these principles? We know that anybody that comes in a company, they bring their culture, they bring their ways of working, they bring their favorite platforms or technology. And so Mars did a really good job of onboarding them into the company, making sure those principles are the front end of decisions, that every time we make a decision, we talk about the impact on the principles, and then they re-recruit people back to those principles at every touch point that they have. Wow. And so they've kept those principles alive and well all the way through since the inception of the company. All right, I wanna put the book cover on the screen because I, I love the, uh, the artwork there, um, wrong fit, right fit. In your mind, how many years have you been working on this book? I've been working on this book since the beginning of my career. You know, I remember the first company I went into and it was a great company, but in that company I saw 60% of the people that were succeeding 
They would wake up every day, probably get ready for work Sunday night and not have the Sunday scaries. They'd run through the door, they'd enjoy it, they'd be fulfilled and engaged. And then there was 40% that struggled. And those people that struggled, it wasn't that they weren't good at their job. Mm -hmm. They just couldn't find their feet. It was almost like there was a secret Dakota ring of success that everybody else had except for them. And I remember sitting there thinking, we will spend 13.5 years of our adult life at work. That's more than every activity except for sleeping. We need it to be good. Sure. We need it to be fulfilling. We need it to be energizing. And so that really set me off to say, how can you protect culture as you grow? And how can you create a company that is fully committed and fully engaged? And so I've probably been writing for 25 years. Wow. Well, and I know we're in an era of quiet quitting and yeah. they call it rage applying where you're wildly applying for other jobs and letting everybody know that you're unhappy. So it's really critical that bosses read this book. Can an employee within an organization change an organization? Well, if you think about culture, right, this mysterious word we all like to talk about, mm -hmm. culture is actually an outcome. It is the aggregation of all of our collective behaviors every day. And so based on how you behave, that's the culture you're gonna get. So I come from this place of everybody has a chance to create culture every day by the way they behave. And so if I come in and I work with principles and character and ethics, there's a good chance that everyone around me will do the same. Mm. And so it's everybody's responsibility, not just the leaders. And maybe taking just little efforts to, to change a company culture, even if it's in your own division. So, uh, for instance, we celebrate birthdays here and I uh, have 20 employees. But if you're in a unit, I mean, knowing everybody's birthday, knowing who's having an anniversary or who's having a special occasion and celebrating that is a way that any employee could change at least the culture in their unit. 100%. And Jeff, I think it's really important to say, hey, our primary responsibility is leaders of companies, right? We create spaces, we create these touch points, and we should be answering four fundamental questions for every employee every day. The first one is, why is the world better with us in it? Like, what do we do that is so exceptional that it deserves to be in the world? That is a great motivator. It's an intrinsic motivator for people. Secondly is how do we make money or create value? Most people today, when they talk about not having a good job, they talk about this concept of it's just not meaningful. I feel like I do work every day, but I don't know if it matters. And so our job as leaders say, hey, here's how we make money and create value, and here's your part in that. And then the last two questions are really this question of, how do we work? How do we collaborate, solve problems, mm -hmm. manage conflict, develop people, give feedback, all the things that we do day to day that you need to teach people the right way of doing it here. And then last but not least is what's our promise to the talent that works here? What are we gonna give you in return for your energy, your hard work, and your time? And so if you can do that, if you can look at your job as leader and say, my job is to make sure that those messages are consistent, shared, and every touch point I have, big and small, I'm focusing mm. on those answers, that's gonna drive commitment pretty high. That's powerful. Uh, Dr. Martin is also a, an amazing speaker. Let's go ahead and roll his sizzle reel. Good evening, everybody. How are we doing tonight? The last three years, I have been consumed by a single piece of data. And that is that in our organizations around the world, we have over 7.8 trillion dollars of lost productivity due to disengagement. I thought for sure it had to do with good and bad culture. But you know what? I just, I don't believe that to be true. 
And as I started having conversations, I had a realization. Maybe it's not good or bad culture. Maybe it's right or wrong fit. Right fit is about writing with your dominant hand. It's easy. It's almost automatic. Wrong fit, if you ever pick up a pen and try to write with your opposite hand, it's higher stress, lower quality, and the more you do it, the less confidence you have. Often what we think when we join companies is that we gotta start working the way that they work. That's fitting in. That's writing with your non-dominant hand. You should be thinking really clear about how you like to work and find a place that works like you work. But companies can't articulate it. I talked to more CEOs this summer. I'm like, tell me how your company works. They're like, I don't know, it just does. And I'm like, that is insufficient. And you know what's funny is we automatically think it's about us. We tend to think if I just put in more time, I'll find my way to success. We give up our health, we spend less time with our families, we lose our hobbies. And so put boundaries on it. Be there as long as you need to be there, but do not try to compensate for wrong fit by doing more. Okay, I want to talk about Elon Musk because obviously, you know, richest man on the planet, very successful. Uh, Tesla has been wildly successful. He buys Twitter and like a bull in a china shop, he comes in and just starts blowing stuff up. He did. Uh, your thoughts? Have you been watching this from afar? I've been paying attention to it. He's, you know, he's a really interesting leader, right? Because I think he's divisive in the sense that you either love him or hate him. You either believe in his approach or you don't. And here's what I would say from just the, the interviews I've done and this concept of right or wrong fit is one of the primary responsibilities of a CEO early on in the inception of the company is you're actually creating those ways of working that become the, the recipe for success. And I think what Elon is doing is Elon has a very specific way that he builds and run businesses. And to ask him to run it a different way is putting him in a wrong fit experience, which my analogy I use for that is it's like walking in every day and riding with your non-dominant hand. Mm. If you ever tried that, it's harder, it's frustrating, it's more stressful, lower quality, and in the end, you, you're left unfulfilled. So I like to think in my best days that Elon Musk is taking a company and trying to take the essence of what it does and build a way of working around it that works for him. Sure. And so then he'll hire talent that, hey, there's a lot of people that love the way that he runs a company, how he does all the things we talked about, collaborates, makes decisions, prioritizes, manages conflict. And there's a lot of people that won't. And so part of what the book does is it's really time for talent to find how they like to work and then to look harder for companies that work the way they do. And when we do that, it's easy. We practice our craft. It's effortless. And when you're in a right fit experience, it just flows. And I personally want that for everybody. So the story's still out, right, on what's going to happen with Twitter. But I do appreciate that he's creating the company he can run. And you have to respect him for that. Okay, we've got about two minutes left. And I, I, I want to put in a plug. I think this is should be required reading in all companies in America. That, that even if they don't put culture first, they just bottom line, it, it, it's very expensive to constantly rehire and train. 100%. So in the, in the final two minutes, what kind of organizations um, should hire you to speak? What kind of organizations need to make this uh, required reading? I would say any organization that wants to get the best out of the people that work there and wants to find more people that will come and spend every day working diligently, practicing their craft to build a better company. And I, you know, the other part I'll put in a plug for the book is it really started with these right and wrong fit stories. And when people are in wrong fit, what they don't understand, Jeff, is your creative energy is going somewhere. 
It's just being used in managing the negative energy and negative emotions that you feel. And so if you can get yourself out of that space, if you can find a way out of that, then what you're going to find is more of your creative energy goes to the things that you love, the things that you're great at, things like you're doing here. Thank you. And you create better products and greater impact in the world. And in the end, that's what I want for everybody is I want them to find that place. Because when you see it and when you have it, it is exceptional. When you don't, it can end careers. And so let's, let's get everyone over to the, to the right side of Right Fit. Love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We're going to end with the website, which is wrongfitrightfit.com. The great Dr. Andre Martin. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. That's it for now. We'll see you next time.